Uh, there is an ongoing problem with uh, both boards of education here, both the public and Catholic boards, uh, notwithstanding the fact that they have tried to work collaboratively rather to solve this. Uh, the school boards now are studying whether they should change the bell times in anticipation of a bus company contract renewals uh, that's going to apparently bring significant cost increases with it. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Patrick Daly, who is the chairman of the board for the uh, Catholic Board of Education in Hamilton. Pat, great to have you back on the program. Thanks for the time today. Oh, no problem. Great to be with you, Bill. I wish it was well, uh, under better circumstances. Uh, you, you guys have been wrestling with this for years, Pat, and it just uh, every time you seem that you, you've got the solution, something else comes in to kind of mess things up. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, as you know so well, Bill, the really responsibility of school boards is to provide the safest and uh, most cost-effective and efficient system of transportation as we can for students. And uh, I can tell you, having worked with our, our our friends at the public board, both boards have been committed to that and are doing the best we can. But we have some current challenges that that are that are quite significant and that really require us to look at uh, all possible means of reducing costs. Well, and, and in fairness, and we'll maybe back up just a little bit, uh, because you guys have been working collaboratively, I mean, to try to reduce costs. I mean, you share bus routes, uh, you share, you've, you've tried to, to amalgamate, if I can use that word, uh, with the, the service here, because it's such an essential part of this, of course, that being the school buses themselves. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about some of the, the pressures, Pat, that are going to come up with the contract, because uh, I, I, and it's not your fault. This is really some uh, provincial legislation that's passed that's going to come into effect, I guess, for the new contract. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a number of uh, school boards, uh, ours for sure, uh, and the public boards have expressed real concern with, you know, the requirement that was put in place a, a number of years ago for school boards to RFP tender uh, the way in which uh, we are required to do rather, you know, than uh, enter into negotiation with carriers. And that has, you know, increased costs across the province. And the reality for our two boards is that uh, our uh, our contract with the carriers is coming up in two years, and based on what we have seen happen with other consortia, uh, we know that our costs are going to go up dramatically. The other real challenge compounding that bill is that, the, you know, there's a real <clears throat> bus driver shortage, uh, not only in Hamilton, but in a number of places throughout the province. So uh, we have to find uh, additional creative ways uh, to reduce a number of routes to solve both of those problems. That's been an ongoing problem, and I know I've talked to you about this, and, and Todd White, the previous board of, uh, chair of the board of uh, the, the public board, uh, and, and you've tried to look at this. I mean, so the, the very makeup of, of how you have to do business with this, Pat, is somewhat problematic, isn't it? I mean, because, uh, for instance, at the end of the school year, you don't know which bus drivers are coming back to the job. I mean, the people that supply the service, in other words, the carriers. So oftentimes they don't know until almost the first day of school in September whether or not they're going to have enough staff for this. And then you guys are the ones that have to pay the price for it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think all of your listeners would see like I do and you do in the newspapers and social media and everywhere how, how uh, aggressive recruiting campaigns all of the bus companies have had the last number of years. But you're right, we put in place a few years ago that we would communicate, have a meeting, you know, towards the end of August to get, uh, you know, a good analysis on a number of drivers. And uh, for the last two years, it's changed, uh, you know, uh, a fair bit from the last two weeks of August to the first day of school. So it is really challenging for the carriers uh, and the boards uh, uh, to do that. I know they're doing their best, uh, but uh, for sure the current situation is just uh, unacceptable. 
Well, and uh, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, the ad- that added pressure. So that's there, and I know you guys have tried a number of innovative things to try to resolve that, and it's still going to be an issue for you going forward, uh, whether or not you're going to have enough routes and enough drivers on the buses to do this sort of thing. Uh, one of the other factors, as I understand it, Pat, is the fact that the minimum wage increases that have gone on uh, provincial legislation, of course. Now, that's been frozen. There won't be another one this year, but the one that's already in play, I guess, is going to be a factor in the new contract negotiations. Yeah, for sure. The the uh, the carriers, you know, are, are paying higher rates, which I think most of us would agree, you know, is right, that, the, that that should be the case. But absolutely, that will add to to what the you know the school boards are paying but it's just a reality that it's been a number of years since we have rfp the carriers costs have gone up and uh you know like anything else that uh that cost will be passed on you know in this case to the school boards well and it's the usual stuff i guess we can check these all off on the list right rising fuel costs of course that's one of the uh, maintenance on the vehicles themselves perhaps purchase of new vehicles all of these things so it, it all tends to add up let me ask you something about the the process itself though if i could pat uh is is it when you do put this out to tender is this a competitive process are there a lot of people that are interested in bidding on this contract well there are there are a number of carriers for sure uh not as many you know, as uh, probably we would like, but that would be true, you know, of any consortia in the province. There are, you know, the usual local uh, carriers, but absolutely, it's a it's a competitive process, and, uh, uh, you know, we want it to be that way. But at the same time, what has happened is that, uh, you know, a number of carriers have uh, really been almost forced out of business, smaller carriers in particular, which in some ways, in some areas, the province has reduced the level of competition because you don't have, you know, as many small firms doing, you know, uh, perhaps a, you know, a lower number of routes, and it's in a lot of cases it's just the big carriers. So that that's that's a challenge uh, with the process. But the one thing I do want to say, Bill, which you were kind enough to acknowledge earlier, the two boards have over the last number of years put in place a number of measures, sharing of routes, doubling, tripling of routes all kinds of things to be as as efficient as we can but we just recognize that we have to to go beyond that and look at things like the starting and the dismissal times for our schools uh, to see if there are other ways and to look to take a good hard look at all of our policies yeah, that's. And I want to get to that in just a couple of seconds, but uh, I just want to underscore for our listeners uh, that even though this is going to be a competitive process to find out who's going to be the carrier, the bidding process is going to be competitive. Uh, in the comments I saw from both yourself and from Alex Johnstone from the uh, the public board, uh, both of you seem to feel that uh, even with that competitive process, uh, the, the costs are going to go up considerably. I mean, I, obviously, you, you know, you want to get the, lo- the the lowest bid that's going to provide the best possible service, but it seems almost inevitable now. And the, the number that I'm hearing. Pat is like in the millions of dollars. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we can uh, be assured. I, I think the budget between the two boards <clears throat> is approximately eighteen, nineteen million. I know ours is about seven and a half, and so I think it's around eighteen, nineteen million between the two boards. Uh, for sure, that is going to increase by many millions of dollars. No question, no question about it. And we have to come up uh, with uh, you know ways uh, to reduce it, but at the same time, obviously being sensitive to the needs of students uh, and families. How do you absorb something like that? that? That's a significant increase. You you can't just go cap and hand to the province, can you? No, well, well, you know, we particularly, that, and that's another reality uh, beyond transportation that, as you know, that, you know, there's uh, school boards are going to be, 
you know, and uh, suffering, you know, not suffering, but uh, having to uh, incur, you know, restraint and funding over the le- next number of years. And so all of those things combined, you know, makes it that much more difficult for the province to come up with additional money. We hope uh, they will, you know, contribute, but we know that for sure the school boards have to play their part and come up with, with ways of reducing costs. You've been doing this for a long time, Pat, and I know you've seen a lot of budget pressures uh, over the years, but the, the the one that you're going to be facing this year with this uh, added budget pressure, uh, as you said, also, of course, uh, the, the new education reforms that uh, that were announced a couple of weeks ago, and if we want to go back a few months, uh, the, the cancellation of the cap-and-trade program essentially meant that uh, 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 quite a bit of money that was supposed to head your way for uh, infrastructure improvements to some aging facilities is no longer there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it, I, the money doesn't grow on trees here. This is going to be very, very difficult and very challenging for both boards. Yeah, and I don't mind saying, Bill, in, in all my years, and, and I, this, the issue of transportation clearly, you know, the uh, the blame, if I can put it that way, does not rest on the current government. This has been happening over a number of oh, years. Oh, sure, yeah. The, the current government obviously uh, has to be party to the solution, but this has been happening for the but I. I, this would be, in terms of particular issue, the most significant financial challenge uh, in all my years. I just, it's, I cannot think of another case where costs will go up at such an extent and where the solutions are so limited. So we are all going to have to work hard together, as I know we will with our public school uh, counterparts, and at the same time, uh, that there's going to have to be some understanding on the part uh, of parents and uh, and school communities because there will have to be changes. There's just no question about that. Now, now you haven't carved anything in stone yet. I understand that, but I know that, that you just mentioned a second ago, Pat. One of the possibilities, and that's all it is at this stage, possibilities, is uh, what they call changing the bell time. In other words, the time that the school day will start. Is is how serious is that as a consideration? Well, that is for sure, as you said, we're in the early stages. However. Uh, it will have to be seriously considered because if you uh, really uh, coordinate the bell times, you know, between neighboring schools, uh, you can, you know, increase the number of routes that are double, tripled, and that type of thing and reduce the number of buses, which is the ultimate goal. So for sure, that's a serious consideration. Uh, aligning our policies uh, is a second one. A third one... Uh, uh, both boards, uh, I know ours for sure, have uh, a number of routes that were put in place years ago because of safety considerations and, you know, whether lack of sidewalks, that type of thing. And uh, over the years, uh, you know, those safety issues uh, have been resolved. So that'll be another area that we'll need to be looking at. So there are four or five uh, specific areas, all of which will uh, be seriously considered. Changing bell times is, is not as simple as it may sound to some people. Uh, obviously, you're concerned about the, the children's, children's safety uh, and their education, but at the same time, that's going to have an impact on families, isn't it? I mean, drop-off times, pick-up times, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. At both the start, you're absolutely right, both the start, the pick-up time, and the, the drop-off uh, for secondary as well, but particularly for elementary, for younger students, uh it's a real issue and concern for parents, and that's why, you know, we'll have to be communicating very, very well, and I would expect, you know, uh, early next school year, that type of consultation and communication will be uh, starting to occur. Now, is that a, a local decision? Can you do that without provincial authority, or do you have to go back to the to the ministry to do that sort of thing? 
no, no, the two boards, uh, we can do that uh, uh, on our own for sure. The uh, that kind of decision is uh, school boards make in terms of uh, start times uh, of the, uh, the particular schools. Uh, we haven't, and we have in the past worked in particular areas of our jurisdiction bill, the two boards, but we haven't done it. Uh, on a wide wide scale throughout the entire system, so that's the kind of thing we're looking at now. Okay, now obviously, as you just touched, but public consultation is going to have to be part of this. How do you see that rolling out, Pat? Well, we ha- we have just begun uh, to talk about that at, uh, at our most recent consortium meeting, and to have the uh, communication staff of both boards uh, come together and provide recommendations to the consortia around what that plan should look like, and then. You know, the representatives uh, of both boards will take that back to the trustees. But but I would expect, obviously, uh, you know, through through our websites, through uh, through meetings, perhaps uh, at the school level, and uh, whatever type of communication is necessary, because it will be very very important that parents be very you know well informed and have an opportunity to comment. And I say that understanding, knowing that in the end, it will not be possible to satisfy satisfy everyone's uh, needs there there clearly will have to be changes well and and sadly that's the the reality that uh, that i guess we're going to have to face there there's uh, no one size fits all here that's going to try to accommodate this uh we should also mention obviously we're talking about the two hamilton boards here pat uh, because that's this is home for us but uh this is not a a uniquely hamilton problem is it not at all and uh uh, because of my work uh, you know provincial the catholic school trustees be like I know of some recent, uh, when I say recent, over the last year, RFP results with other consortia that, you know, have been uh, beyond 20, 25% increases. Uh, and I would expect, uh, I hope not, but I would expect ours could be more because, you know, it's two years out uh, from when those tenders close. So, uh, yeah, there, this is happening all across the province. Uh, we mentioned that there's not a whole lot of money flowing from Queen's Park into the boards these days. It seems to be going the other way, as my, in fact. Uh, but is there going to be some dialogue with the ministry anyway, Pat, to, to try to see if there is some assistance that they can offer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know uh, independent, like both boards will do that, uh, and through our trustee associations we are you know, constantly advocating for additional funding and transportation and a number of other areas, uh, to their credit, the, the government uh, just announced, you know, four percent increase in the GSNs on transportation. But uh, because of the circumstances you and I have been talking about, uh, that will not be obviously sufficient. Well, uh, to suggest this is a monumental challenge, I think, is a massive understatement. Uh, understanding the complexity of this as well. Uh, good luck with it, Pat. Uh, I know that uh, you've got a long way to go here and a lot of consultation, and hopefully, you guys can come up with something uh, that's going to address this. Thanks so much for the time today. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Take care. Take care. That's uh, Pat Daly, of course, chairman of the board of the Hamilton Catholic Board of Education.